we are not professing to tell you the complete story of these activities. We are professing to tell you the complete story that we know. These records that we've uncovered don't tell the story. This is CIA files. They tell pieces of it. True stories of U.S. intelligence. Hey everybody, uh, Topher here. We were supposed to release an episode today, but as the release date got closer, we realized that uh, we didn't have the full story yet, and so we needed some more time to do a little more research. The next episode, we're working on something that I'm excited about. The next episode is going to be about a man named Kim Philby. And now, if you are a fan of spy history, the CIA, and British intelligence, and the Cold War, then you definitely already know about Kim Philby. He pulled off perhaps the greatest double cross in history. He was a British spy. He worked for MI6, part of the British upper class became very prominent in MI6 and worked closely with the CIA after World War II. However, he was also working for Stalin and the Soviet Union the whole time. It's a great story, and it's going to be the first of a series of stories where we're going to explore the foundations for our current global political setting. Uh, This is a time after World War II when it kind of feels like the global economy and the global political situation sort of gets a big reset um, in a way. And we're going to go through that um, by covering Kim Philby and a handful of other people. But before we get into that, as we were researching Kim Philby, Uh, I realized that, well, if you research Kim Philby, uh, one person you learn about is his father, St. John Philby. And St. John Philby is his own crazy character. And a lot of the stuff that we learn about Kim Philby, we realize his dad did a lot of it first. St. John Philby probably deserves his own full episode, although I'm not sure yet how much he dealt directly with the CIA, so it's maybe a little bit out of our purview. But just St. John Philby played such an important role in the Middle East and in setting up the Middle East situation as we understand it today. So I just wanted to talk about St. John Philby a little bit. He was born in what is now Sri Lanka, which at the time he was born in 1885, I believe, was British Ceylon. His father was a tea merchant. So St. John Philby is this, one of these British people that we see who uh, grew was born and grew up in a British Oriental colony. And I'm seeing now as I'm doing more reading uh, that there were a lot of these British people who were born in British colonies, but ended up sympathizing more with the Middle East and the places where they were raised. And that's certainly the case with St. John Philby. 
Now, uh, he, I'm not going to go too deep into his life because uh, there's so much to know about him. But I will say uh, he, he became a spy for the British as they recruited him to help them sort of unite the Arab Peninsula and help improve British relationships with the Middle East uh, so that they could get oil because they needed, this would be in the early 1900s, it would have been uh, shortly after World War One, and when the British Navy had converted to, uh, you know, gasoline or diesel-powered uh, Navy, and so they needed oil, and that he was brought on to help. He ended up becoming, working very closely with Ibn Saud, who went on to found the country Saudi Arabia and was its first king until uh, Ibn Saud died in 1953. And St. John Philby had a strong vision of seeing the Arabian Peninsula united into one nation ruled by Ibn Saud. And when it came time for him to not support Ibn Saud because of British policy, eventually the British supported Ibn Saud's enemy. St. John Philby did not support his enemy and continued to pass along sensitive intelligence to Ibn Saud. So he technically, (laughs) he betrayed his country before his son Kim would. Of course, uh, there wasn't this uh, major conflict happening between Great Britain and the Middle East the way that there would be with Great Britain and the Soviet Union. So uh, instead of being uh, disgraced and thrown into prison, he was just fired from his job working in the Middle East. So after he was fired for spying for another country, he took to Camelback and started exploring the desert, and he mapped out the Saudi-Yemeni border. He also undermined British efforts to secure relations with the different tribal leaders in the area so that the British could, you know, help secure their oil supply. Uh, Instead, St. John took a job with California Oil, an American oil company, and introduced American corporations to the Middle East and Ibn Saud, uh, essentially helping to kickstart the American relationship with Saudi Arabia. Later on, he he did all sorts of other things, the sort of crazy things that you'd expect a rich, eccentric uh, British explorer to do. Again, I don't have time to get into all of them. Uh, He died in 1960, and the story of his death is hilarious. I mean... (laughs) I have an audio clip here that Josh reads for us. It's from one of the big sources that we'll be that we're using for Kim Philby, and it's a book by Ben McIntyre called "A Spy Among Friends." And this is what Ben McIntyre wrote about the death of Saint John Philby. Nicholas Elliott threw a lunch party for him, not without trepidation, knowing the elder Philby's capacity for extreme and unprovoked rudeness. Elizabeth and I were among the few English people to whom St. John Philby was prepared to be civil. St. John Philby, left at tea time, had a nap, 
made a pass at the wife of a member of the embassy staff in a nightclub, had a heart attack, and died. The last words of this brilliant and impossible man were, God, I'm bored. He left behind a shelf of scholarly works, two families, a black-throated partridge named after him, Alectors Philbii, and an enduring trail of notoriety. Something I owe to the soil that grew, more to the life that fed, but most to Allah who gave me two separate sides to my head. I would go without shirts or shoes, friends, tobacco or bread, sooner than for an instant lose either side of my head. Kim by Rudyard Kipling Something I owe to the soil that grew, more to the life that fed, but most to Allah who gave me two separate sides to my head. I would go without shirts or shoes, friends, tobacco, or bread, sooner than for an instant lose either side of my head. Kim by Rudyard Kipling The English love their secrets, the knowledge that they know a little more than the man standing next to them. When that man is also a secret keeper, it redoubles what Trevor Roper called the exquisite relish of ruthless, treacherous, private power. A Spy Among Friends, Ben McIntyre His beliefs were radical but simple. The rich had exploited the poor for too long. The only bulwark against fascism was Soviet communism, the inner fortress of the world movement. Capitalism was doomed and crumbling. The British establishment was poisoned by Nazi leanings. He was an idealist, said Mikhail P. Lubimov, a former KGB officer in London who saw Mr. Philby frequently in Moscow after his defection. I knew him quite well. His idea was that he was not serving Stalin, but the people. Hailing Zerzinski as your great founder, he wished Soviet Secret Service officers every success in your important and responsible labors, and expressed hope that May we all live to see the red flag flying on Buckingham Palace and the White House. With a thin smile, he said, All I had to do, really, was keep my nerve. My advice to you is to tell all your agents that they are never to confess. Because I had been born into the British governing class, because I knew a lot of people of an influential standing, I knew that they would never get too tough with me, he told the Stasi. They'd never try to beat me up or knock me around, because if they had been proved wrong afterwards, I could have made a tremendous scandal. Just, <laughs> God, I'm bored. He, in 1930, he converted to Islam and changed his name to Sheikh Abdullah. It's actually longer than that, but I don't have, I actually forgot my notes, so I don't have uh, that in front of me. I just wanted to talk a little bit about St. John Philby or Sheikh Abdullah because we don't hear about him much when, uh, you know, people have general discussions about recent history that, you know, sort of shaped the modern situation, the modern political environment that we find ourselves in today. But he played a huge role in it, very important. And I just wanted to, it's actually probably will help explain why Kim Philby ended up the way he did. And we'll talk a little bit more in the Kim Philby episode about his relationship with his dad, 
the gist of it was that his father had big plans for Kim to become a great man, capital G, great man. And part of his plan was to be withholding from his son, you know, in the classic British way, showing no emotion. And that also probably helped Kim to develop the, you know, the sort of detachment that one would need to pull off what he pulled off. Anyway, uh, thanks for checking in, and we'll be back soon with our first episode on Kim Philby, which will actually be a series where we're going to jump around uh, different people this time. Uh, We're going to have about four or five people that we're going to cover, and we're going to stay in the same time period with each person. And then when we move forward in time with one character, we're going to move forward in time with all of the characters that we're covering. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a Uh, I think it's going to be a good series, and I hope that you stick around and listen to it. Uh, Be sure to like and subscribe. Ratings always help us. Um, You can follow us on the socials uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's at CIA Files Podcast. On Facebook, it's just CIA Files. And uh, the website, CIAfiles.net, which unfortunately I have not updated lately because I don't have much time to do much lately. But... Uh, That's all for now. Thanks again for everything, and we will see you soon.